Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Photographs and memories. Christmas cards you sent to me. All that I have are these to remember you. Memories that come at night. Take me to another time. Back to a happier day when I called you mine. But we sure had a good time when we started way back when. Morning walks and bedroom talks are how I loved you then. Summer skies and lullabies. Another great Jim Croce song. Jim Croce celebrating a heavenly birthday. Killed in a plane crash 50 years ago today at the tender age of 30. Which again, I'm shocked by, but excellent research by Lou Rafino and Joe Nolan. Nolan finding out that at the age of 30, already had eight top 40 hits, five top 10 hits, including this one, Autographs and Memories. So uh, God uh, rest in peace 50 years now for Jim Croce. Been a great show already. I mean, really great. Right? Brian Kilmeade and Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, sending my beautiful daughter Ava off to college. And we still have two great guests to go, including this guy. What a day to have, uh, in my opinion, the two best politicians in my lifetime. If God is good to me, I'll be 57 in April. And as far as I'm concerned, the two best New York politicians in my lifetime, and I did love Koch, Rudy Giuliani, and my next guest. Spent the better part of four decades as a great congressman out on Long Island. You have Homeland Security he worked for as well. A great American, my friend Peter King. Pete, good Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? Sid, it's great to be with you. But one thing we got to get out of the way earlier. First of all, it's always great to follow Rudy. Great friend, great American, being treated unbearably. What's happened to him is an absolute disgrace. But he'll fight back. He's a tough guy. But here's the thing. We were in Godzulo's over two months ago. Mm -hmm. You were there. Gabriel was there. My grandson Jack was there. And Melissa was there. And you promised her that you were going to set up this meeting with Joseph Abood for a friend of hers who has a Joseph Abood car, and you've done nothing. And she calls me all the time. I am caught between crazy Melissa <laughs> and crazy Sid. Now this morning, you undermine me all together. They say, hey, you're texting back and forth with Joseph Abood. I thought he had disappeared somewhere. Well, now he's back, and you've done nothing. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25-plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Well, you're, you're brilliant because you're right. Not even 10 minutes ago, I read a, a, a text on the air from Abood. So you know he's listening. You know he's listening. And now you sent out the APB. What I did yesterday when I left my phone in the backseat of Gene's car. I said, Gene, the phone's in the car. So now Abood is uh, listening. And 
I'm sure he'll take care of that because, listen, you can piss me off. That's one thing. It's not a smart thing to do, but you can do it. Melissa, she's going to kill you, right, Pete? Absolutely. Uh, well, she would talk to you first, then kill you. Absolutely. No, don't. So, no, oh, give me a break. You two fight it out between the two of you. I'm out of it. All right, good. You're out. Great guy, but I'm out of this. I'm going to tell Melissa to leave you alone about this. You got you got enough to worry about. I mean, here you are. Yeah, right. You got enough. I mean, you're still involved with Homeland Security. You still go to Washington D.C. and you speak at some of these briefings. You talked about uh, ISIS Al Qaeda just a couple of weeks ago, and you post all these great things. And I mean this sincerely. Now, you post all this great stuff on social media, important stuff. And I love what you posted most recently, which is the president is here, made this rambling, basically incoherent speech at the U.N. Assembly yesterday about a whole bunch of stuff, including stuff like climate control, which is ridiculous. And yet he's in New York, which has become, outside of Texas, obviously, the illegal capital of the country. And he refuses to sit with the mayor and try to do something about this. How does that happen, Peter King? It happens only in the world of Joe Biden. I mean, to me, this is such, not to me, to anyone in New York knows what a major issue this is, how this has to be resolved. And he is the ultimate cause. Listen, I'm I'm critical of Eric Adams. I'm critical of Kathy Hochul. But the fact is this all originated with Joe Biden opening up the border. I mean, under Donald Trump, whatever people say about Trump on either side, the fact is the border was controlled as it could be. And in fact, it was You'd have to search far and wide to find even stories in the newspapers about immigration at that time. It was under control. Now it's so totally out of control. It was seven million illegal immigrants are coming to the country under Joe Biden. And uh, again, it's not even being anti-immigrant because we are probably the most immigrant uh, country in the world, and our country is based with on immigrants. The fact is, it's not being done legally. The fact is, it's just like a mass of mob mobs coming in, taking over the neighborhoods in the city. And Joe Biden is the guy. He's the one. And when he was here, would it have been would it have killed him to spend a half hour and actually sitting down with the mayor, sitting down with uh, a community representatives in a meeting? Go to Staten Island. Go out to Staten Island and sit down with Vito Fisella. You know, sit down with Joe Borelli. Sit down with uh, Nicole Miliotakis. Curtis. And, you know, <laughs> Curtis, yeah. yeah. And just tell them what the story is. They, they can go back and forth. But he, he's not even admitting it's an issue. Somehow he's... Uh, it's passing it off, and it's it, listen. New York is in bad enough shape uh, to have this added on to us. Remember, a year ago, a year and a half ago, you know, this was not a big issue, uh, as far as we could see, and we were still worried about the future of New York coming out of COVID, the increase in crime, the George Floyd riots, all the things that are really damaged New York. And on top of all that, now we have this immigrant crisis. So it's uh, no, it's to me, it's a failure of leadership on his part. And listen, you can be a president, and things can sneak up on you. Things can happen. The unexpected. You always have to. You always have to expect the unexpected. This was not unexpected. This was. He is the direct cause of the immigration crisis in New York. No, there's no question about it. And he's still here. I mean, he's here until tomorrow. He's got uh, yeah. a lot of activities today. A fundraiser at the Met. He's doing some other stuff. So he could find some time. I think he may meet with Hochul today. But the mayor, you know, listen. Uh, and I'm very critical of Eric Adams. Very, very. But I, you know, I do think he cares, and I, I do think. If he had the opportunity to sit with the president, he would make a plea and a case to do something about it. But, you know, it does go to show you. It doesn't matter how much you suck up to people. He walked around, Eric, and referred to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn and still to this day has never said Joe Biden by name. He says national government. He says federal government. You've never once, once 
heard Eric Adams be critical of the president. Even yesterday, he was upsetting to meet with the president. He was not critical. Maybe it's time, don't you think? Yeah, you know, party loyalty only goes so far. I can understand why in the beginning he didn't want to directly confront Joe Biden. They're in the same party. Figured maybe he'd get better results if he was more polite about it. But, you know, you got people like Ed Koch when he was mayor. He directly confronted Jimmy Carter. The fact is, you have to go. There are certain times where you have to rise above party loyalty. It can only carry you so far. And what's happening now is I think Biden, like I can tell, Biden is taking advantage of the fact that he's a Democrat, Eric Adams is a Democrat, and we can show, you know, they can all sort of play this game together. I don't, I don't think Eric Adams wants to play a game, but that's the position that Joe Biden has put him in. So, uh, no, these are, these are bad times. This is, uh, uh, you know, you see what's going on out the streets. You see the reaction people have. Uh, and, again, I, it bothers me that Staten Island, you have the people in Staten Island who are now being pitted against the cops. And this is what's going to happen in our country. We're going to divide it, more and more divided, unless we straighten our policies out. And the first clear thing you should do is seal that border. You know, don't say it can't be done. Donald Trump did it. Donald Trump did do it. Remain in Mexico and Title 42 when he built the wall. And uh, as I said just a couple of days ago, I can't remember one time, one time in the four years he was president sitting here with Bernard where I mentioned the word migrant or asylum seeker or, or illegal. Not once, not once. So, yes, this is absolutely a Democrat policy that is ruining our city. So, Peter King, I get in this morning and I see Frank Morano now. I don't know if you know this. I think you do. But Frank Morano has, uh, well, I've been with him on the Ukraine-Russia war in that this should have been over a long time ago. Stop giving them money and just get out. But what's funny is yesterday I had General uh, Keen on, you know, and Keen is right there with you. Yeah, Jack is right there with you and Jacobs and others. Very, very, very. Also, also Brian Kilmeade, Rich Lowry. We, you know, we can get down the line. Yeah, anyway, I mean, yeah. Lowry's a, a war hawk. He's friends with John Bolton, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, Brian, Brian yeah. Kilmeade. Yeah, Brian. Listen, very smart people, to your point, have agreed. So right. I said to Frank this morning, I said, I don't know, man. I said, a lot of smart people are telling me, you know, and he said, don't listen to them, don't listen, don't let them sway you. And then he named about three or four people I've never heard of, but they're captains and generals, I guess, and they're smart. And they feel the way he does and the way I do right now. But on a, on a really serious, serious note, yes. I think Biden has bungled this. I do. I think he could have done a much better job, and he could have ended this thing before Putin even could have ended it. But I'm starting to think that maybe, 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 Maybe you're right, Pete. I don't know. I just maybe. No, I think, first of all, he did handle it wrong. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that this is a battle for Western civilization and then wait, wait months and months and months to send the weapons they need. I mean, you can't have it both ways. And uh, and that's what I think he's doing. And listen, I, I don't want to you know, uh, make this a partisan or personal issue. This is something that should be discussed intelligently. And I think that Joe Biden does send very mixed signals when it comes to Ukraine. And if you're basically asking the American people to support a war uh, and spend you know, billions and billions of dollars, then you have to make it clearer and you have to have a more defined policy. And uh, so far, he's failed on that. So well, I'll be going down to Washington tomorrow. I'll be meeting with some people, actually staff people who worked for me over the years. They're holding, because of COVID, there was never like a farewell party. So anyway, I'm having a reception for me on the, okay. on the speakers uh the speaker's balcony down there, which is uh, unusual because I, I was never really allowed on the speaker's balcony. Wow. Before, but, wow. Uh, anyways, I'm going down there tomorrow. Yeah, That's really cool, actually. Congratulations. Yeah, all these people will be coming, you know, 28 years of 
staff table because I was I had my own office staff did a great job. And then when I was chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, I had you know quite a few people there. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's cool. Good. You deserve it. Some, yeah, and yeah, you know, pick up some intel about what, what's going on down there. Yeah, exactly. Right now it seems chaotic. It is chaotic, and uh, I tell you how chaotic it is. Zelensky, this is unbelievable. You know, you expect Zelensky to talk to Biden and those types of things. Of course, they're both in charge of their countries. But Zelensky actually urged, of all people, Donald Trump, don't waste time. Zelensky has asked the former president to share the Ukraine peace plan. Right now, Trump is on my side, which, again, I'm moving further and further away from, closer to your side. But how about Zelensky actually worried about what Donald Trump is thinking what does that tell you about the possibility of Trump coming back in 2024? No, you know, there is a real chance, right? Now he is uh, by far and away. He's the Republican leader in the polls, and Biden is very unpopular. So Donald Trump does have a good chance of coming back. Part what Zelensky is even more concerned about, though, is the influence that Donald Trump would have over the Republicans in Congress. Uh, and, you know, are they going to vote against the aid that uh, – I think should go to Ukraine. So that, I think, is part of his concern. Listen, Zelensky and Donald Trump actually, you know, got along when it was, uh, uh, you know, Democrats were trying to say how uh, Trump had strong-armed Zelensky and was threatening him. He went on, you know, national and national television and said, no, the phone call was fine. I never felt threatened. So when in Donald Trump's hour of need, you know, Zelensky was there for him. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, I'm concerned about some of the Republicans in Congress who just seem determined to shut the government down, you know, uh, 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 Lawler says it's you know, uh, looking like a clown show, and it is. Mm. We should win big next year. All we can screw it up right now is I think some Republicans who don't know when enough to claim victory or how to proceed yeah. and yeah. think strategically. I, mean, I guess you're talking about people like Chip Roy and Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know how you feel, but uh, and I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I, I spend a lot of time watching movies and sports, too. But uh, from what I see... I'm a pretty smart guy, actually. I think Kevin McCarthy is doing a pretty good job. What do you think? I, I think he is. And the only distinction I would make, it I don't know him well, I would separate Chip Roy out a bit from them. He's actually a very smart guy. But when it comes to Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bulbert and that crowd, to me, they are just you know living in their own world. But they, they, they have influence in social media. And uh, the fact that you know, Republicans can't pass a defense authorization bill, the fact the government may shut down, I think, listen, Kevin McCarthy has like three or four votes to spare. I think we have 222 Republicans. One just had to retire because his wife is uh, terminally ill. Then you have Santos, who is almost useless. You have Steve Scalise, who is being treated for multiple myeloma. And there's some other, you know, so Kevin McCarthy has no votes to spare. And uh, so when he does put together an agreement, you can always find something in the agreement that sounds bad. And you can hop on that on social media. And that's what these people do. And, uh, again, uh, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Bobert and that crowd, that's not the face that the Republican Party needs if it wants to win in 2024. And uh, What do you so think I'm about this, about this, about this deal that they put forth here? Uh, sounds more like a Band-Aid than a real fix in terms of the government shutdown. And then on top of that, what do you think about the impeachment inquiry? And, and uh, you think we're getting close to that? And do you think eventually that uh, this is going to happen? Because it, it just seems like it's – I know they were they were out for six or seven weeks, but it seems like it's taken forever. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, uh, the first question about the Band-Aid, without getting into the weeds, 
uh, what you have to do in these situations, if you're serious, is have like a 30-day cooling-off period, if you will. And that's what this resolution would be, that they were talking about. It would be 30 days where you would uh, reduce spending somewhat, and then you try to negotiate you know, for the bigger deal that would come in, let's say, November or whatever. I don't know if, you know, if even that's, that, that's going to happen. But the Republicans have to realize we are not in the majority. We lost the presidency. We lost the Senate. We have a three-vote margin in the House. So you can't get everything you want. You can't undo everything that Biden has done when you're in the minority. So they have to realize you get what you can get. And that's what you know. good negotiations is about. Get more than you should be able to get and, and you take it and be smart enough to declare victory. As far as the impeachment, <clears throat> you know, I voted against Clinton's impeachment. I voted against Trump's impeachment. I think impeachment is a dangerous weapon to use. But I think Joe Biden has left the Republicans with no alternative. Between him and Merrick Garland, the way they've been stone, stonewalling, I think the only way you can get the uh, information out is by an impeachment inquiry, which is not an impeachment. It's looking for evidence to see whether or not you know there should be an impeachment, sort of like a grand jury. And to me, there's certainly enough probable cause when you look at all the – and I don't even talk about the gun charge. That's sort of the least of the things involving uh, Hunter Biden. But the family's entanglements with China and with Russia and with Ukraine before, all of that's out there. And to me, that warrants a full investigation. The only way you can get that information, I think, now is through an impeachment inquiry. So I support what Kevin McCarthy is trying to do. And again, rather than uh, realize this is a strategic victory for us politically and also the right thing governmentally, you have people like Matt Gates up in the House floor saying it's not enough. Let's go, you know, let's go right to impeachment. Well, you can't do that. If there was an impeachment vote today, Republicans would lose. They would not get 218 votes to remove Joe Biden from office. And so that would be a victory for Biden. That would end the impeachment right there. Kevin is trying to build it up so that there will be enough evidence and enough public attention that there will be 218 votes to go forward. To have a vote now is to just guarantee a victory for Joe Biden. So some of these Republicans will be on Joe Biden's payroll because they are helping him. <laughs> you have to do this incrementally. It's funny. So, do that. so on the way out, I want to do one uh, local story. I had Brian Kilmeade on earlier, a Massapequa guy, of course. And uh, he started off the conversation with me by giving credit to Brookhaven and then iced the bay because it turns out that, uh, you know, they want to take down all the George Washington statues and TJ and Clinton and all these are uh, not Bill, by the way. Uh, they want to take down all these statues. And I guess uh, the folks in charge in Brookhaven said, well, give them to us. George Washington Romaine, was great. Running for county Ed Romaine said he will take the statues. Joseph Dino and Oyster Bay. He is a big Christopher Columbus fan, a great guy. Between Romaine and Saladino, Oyster Bay and Anna Brookhaven are really leading the way. And by the way, with fentanyl, with crime, with migrants, what's the city council working on? How many statues they can take down of George Washington, Christopher Columbus? Absolute insanity. That's a good point, the way you put that. Perfect way to wrap this up. And the people on Long Island, like Staten Island, you guys are absolute heroes. Pete, another great discussion. We covered a lot. I love you. We'll do it again next week. Be well, and congratulations. I love you unless you can hold the Joseph Bush. I'll take care of it, I promise. You go enjoy your party in D.C. tomorrow. I'll talk to you in a couple of days, okay? Thank you, sir. Have uh-huh. a great time. All right. The great congressman right there, Peter King.